Guess what? Hollywood, I'm here. Hollywood's got a new host. And the stars are shining bright on Steve. It'd be okay to just come here every day for that. <laughs> Today, Premier Week continues with Ice Cube. Plus, baseball's rally granny makes the crowd go wild. You've never seen anything like this before. All new Steve. Weekdays at 3 on Cairo 7. Welcome to Conversations at Hill. This is your host, Susan Jacoby. I want to talk to you about self-love and how expanding it, purposely allowing it into your life, can bring you a fresh outlook on your life and offer you a sense of peace, a sense of calm that I have found no other activity can bring. I want to remind everyone about my book on Amazon, How to Love Yourself, Hope After Child Abuse. The book touches on common topics to all survivors. My intent in writing the book is to support survivors by letting them know that they are not alone and to remove the stigma and shame surrounding child abuse. There are powerful and helpful lessons in how to love yourself, hope after child abuse. Visit Amazon to pick up your copy. I want to start by telling you a story. I don't think that it's a story suitable for children. And for some of you, you may find yourself triggered. If you choose to listen to my story, a good plan is to remember that this is my story. You can take care of yourself and practice your boundaries is to plant yourself like you were a tree. You can be wherever you are, put your feet down and stand firmly, stand strong using your legs to support you. I also find that when I'm able to touch things around me, that helps me to stay present. Touching a desk, the smoothness of wood or whatever it's made out of, touching a sheet, fabric of a sofa, the upholstery of a car, all those things have helped me to stay present and they may help work for you as well. My story begins when, um, when I was six years old. I met Jesus. I think that I have briefly skimmed on this story in in past episodes of Conversations That Heal, but I want to tell you the whole story. My bedroom had like spring green walls and a pink ceiling. It was very small, and I was fortunate to have that room in this um, small house that we lived in. One night, my dad came in and he attacked me. I guess he should say he raped me. The thing about this particular night, that as I was lying on my bed and he was lying on top of me, I turned my head so that my my right ear was on the pillow, and I looked over, and there was Jesus lying right next to me. He was like suspended in air. He was lying on his back so that his face was directly in front of my face so that I could just see him. I remember him specifically looking at me saying, I am here to help you. I'm here to protect you. Keep your eyes on me. I will stay with you. When you go to school tomorrow, I will stay with you forever. It's interesting because as I look back at that, I remember feeling this sense of peace, of calm. I felt very safe with him, which as I look back at that really surprises me that I had a sense of calmness and and being loved. I had been attacked many times before the age of of six. 
And it just surprised me how this sense of calm washed over me with his presence. One thing I specifically remember about him, he was wearing this white, I don't want to call it a cape or a gown, full length, if you will. The fabric was like lying below him as if, you know, as he was suspended in air and the fabric of his garment was just flowing down below him. I mean, those are like the specific images that I remember as a six-year-old seeing him, meeting him. And you may be curious, you know, why, why am I telling you this story? I'm telling it to you because I have been thinking about receiving love. I have been looking at why I put my walls up like they were concrete walls to protect my heart and how I don't really do that with Jesus or with God, that I that I let them see my heart. It's almost like they can see my pain in my heart, whether I choose to guard it from them or not. If I allow them to support me, feels so that I'm not so alone. It's where I get my strength from to bring you conversations that heal, to help other people on their journey to healing to reclaiming their lives i will share with you it does take on my part for me it may not be for you it takes a very conscious awareness takes focus to allow myself to receive love love from my friends especially uh, the deep love that i feel for my children and know that they reciprocate that love and letting myself receive their love, letting go of protecting my heart from the truth, from the pain of my particular story. It is a long uh, process for me. My walls, um, and I'm, and I don't know what your walls are like. My walls were like steel. Through my years of healing, I have started to let them down. The biggest part of all this is where self-love comes in. If you love yourself and because if you allow yourself to bring that love to you, to penetrate those walls, that's how you can learn to love other people. More importantly, receive love from other people. It's definitely a two-way street. Let you think about that for a minute. And while you're thinking about that, I want to uh, remind you that how to love yourself, hope after child abuse is in the Kindle version and paperback. Both are accessible to you on Amazon. I want to revisit the self-love thing and talk about the feelings of abandonment and betrayal. I find that those two things are the source of closing off my self-love. One thing that I have noticed is this idea of the trauma not being my fault. Now, I have known that since the day I started my therapy. My head knew that. It has taken decades for my heart to even entertain that idea. Now, for some of you, it may not have taken that long. Uh, For others, you may know what I'm talking about. Because the idea of it not being my fault takes my breath away to be to be very real with you i will i will say that how how does it feel to to say that the abuse wasn't my fault 
It feels like my life was stolen. I have said that before in the early years of, of reclaiming my life, but realizing that it wasn't my fault makes me feel even more so that my life was stolen, especially from the very people who were there to protect me, to help me, guide me through this life so that I was strong enough to stand on my own two feet for myself. Needless to say, uh, nobody, whoever, whoever they are, have the right to take any part of your life. Recognizing or being at peace with my trauma that it wasn't my fault is parallel to my self-worth and my self-love. And I have found that my self-love and my self-worth are intricately intertwined. When I'm able to say the trauma wasn't my fault, it's like this twine that is so tightly woven of the self-love and self-worth can begin to unravel this peace that comes over me, a, um, a soothing, uh, like I can breathe, uh, along with anger, sadness, betrayal, all of that. So you can see that it's very complicated. This is where the self comes in. And that is when I really find myself leaning on, on Jesus and, and God to give me the strength and the courage to heal my heart. Receiving love from others and yourself is putting yourself in a very vulnerable space. It's also where trusting yourself comes in that you can stand firmly on your feet and allow yourself to stay with the feelings. Allow yourself to feel the love that someone wants to give you. Being vulnerable, being the self-love, trusting yourself, putting up your boundaries, all of it is for you. It's really important to remember there are no timetables here, that you do the best you can in each of the days that you are given to live. There is no judgments on this either. To doing the best that you can serves only you. Now, having said that, I do want to give you a little hint. The more you allow yourself to explore, the more you will heal and ultimately live your life as you say. Some people I've met in my life had to have a tendency to stay stuck in this idea of uh, that there are no timetables, that it is about you, that, that you are doing this for you. And that is all true. And it is true. You have the right to choose if you're going to stay in that space and not push yourself, not give yourself the opportunity to move out of where you are. If you find that you're, you're feeling uncomfortable and you're like, I can't go there, that there's nothing wrong with that. Recognize that. Maybe write about that. Then the next day, you can allow yourself one step further so that you can go there. None of this is about me. None of this is about your therapist. None of this is about your spouse. This is about you and your willingness and your commitment to bringing self-love into your life, bringing down the walls that are guarding your heart. And I will suggest to you that those very walls are guarding the heart of the child that was victimized. They are not guarding the heart of the adult who is capable 
of seeing what's behind those walls and receiving the gifts that your heart wants to give you. You think about all that. I know that I've touched on a lot. If you'd like to contact me, you can email me at susan at conversationsatheal.com. I'll ask you to leave a comment on Blog Talk or iTunes, which will support me and Conversations That Heal in reaching more listeners. Remember that you are a lovable and capable human being. Thank you for listening to Conversations That Heal. Meet Phil Sklar, co-founder of the National Bobblehead Hall of Fame and Museum. Our dream is to make Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the bobblehead capital of the world. At American Family Insurance, we believe your dreams are the most valuable things you will ever own. So today, we're supporting Phil's dream. If people would like to be a part of the bobblehead dream, we take donations in money or bobbleheads. Every dream deserves a champion. Find yours at AmFam.com. American Family Insurance. American Family Mutual Insurance Company and its affiliates. 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin, 53783.